Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep, and I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes... Mm-hmm. Oh, the Bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Hmm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the, the game, game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. A checklist to my future daughter. One. Hi. I haven't met you yet, so I don't know if you're brunette or blonde, long-legged around, if you've got your mother's eyes or mine, but I do already know you've got her smile. Because I'll see you in hers every time she smiles at me, too. Your favorite color, it can be blue. Three, when you turn four, I hope you come to me and shout, Daddy, can you help me build a blanket for it? 
and I'll say to you, sweetheart, we're gonna build a blanket castle, and it'll be the most beautiful castle with stone walls crafted from inside jokes towers, sculpted from bedtime stories, tiles laid on so many memories. We could dance forever on them in a moat. I dig long after you have flutters to your pill to keep bad guys away from my princess. For you don't have to be the princess. I've heard dragons are cool too. Five, I hope you like to spell, cause there's magic in knowing I comes before E except after C, with the exception of really the entire English language, but the only rule I need you to remember is O comes after N in no six, that's your homework, and we'll practice every day, and they can say it with the same power as your favorite ranger, seven, beg me for a dog. But we won't get one, cause baby girl daddy will teach you to say no, but also to take no as an answer eight. I don't wear makeup. It doesn't work with daddy's complexion. I don't wear shorts unless they reach nine knees, but sweetheart, please always remember, you don't have to either, but you can. It's just daddy understands the pressure society puts on women, knows beauty standards set by Calvin Klein's bottom lines, not which you am I. No slut shaming is rooted in jealousy and massage from men who are too afraid of someone who's owning their own body. Sweetheart, I want you to own your own body. Want you to wake up every morning and shake hands with the greatness inside you. I want you to be everything you work to be. 9B. Be a volcano of fear-conquering dares. Nine be a, a tidal wave of starving bears. Nine be a thunderstorm of buzzer beaters. Nine be an avalanche of derailed freight trains. Nine be boundary-breaking, ground-shaking. Jason born to break it. Glass-ceiling earthquake with the beat of your own base. At nine be one badass motherfucking dragon princess. 9.5? Don't swear. Unless you fucking mean it, ten. What castle needs a moat when you breathe fire? Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And what <laughs> you just heard was Chris Gallant's epic spoken word poem to my future daughter. Fantastic work, Chris Gallant. This was an old post of his, but if you go to his Instagram right now, you can see a million other of these spoken word little videos he's made. It's incredible. Endless content. I mean, look, I'm going to call it cringe. It's cringe to me because it meets the criteria. Definitely <laughs> sincere. Definitely funny, in my humble opinion. <laughs> definitely sincere. Definitely <laughs> makes me feel cringy, which is my personal cringe definition. <laughs> But I feel that way about, I guess, all spoken word poetry. No, some of it's really good. Some of it's fantastic. And I give Chris Gallant props here for trying. He's putting in the fucking effort, for sure. He sounds like Macklemore. Maybe. Sure. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> but please go to his Instagram and check out all these videos that he has there. They're fantastic. I have watched that specific one that we played the entire audio of, which I felt it was important for you to hear all of it mm -hmm. in its entirety as the whole piece. I've listened to that one now probably a hundred times. We want our audience to feel cringy right off the bat on our women <laughs> this week, keeping in the theme from last week. If I'm going to cringe, you're going to cringe. But thank you for indulging that. <laughs> and we hope that you do find some joy in the rest of Chris Gallant's spoken word works. Before we begin today, we're going to do a little spoken word ourselves. We're going to be reading a little bit from our upcoming book, How to Win the Bachelor. 
Now, we're not going to give away all of our trade secrets that are in the book, but we want you to know what is in it. So we were just going to go through the table of contents here so that you get some idea of what you're getting in this tome. Because once it comes out January 18th, the game will change forever. Every player will read this. And if they're smart, they'll be using these strategies. And we're going to see a drastic shift into a professional professional era or a post-professional <laughs> era, if you will. And just like all of my favorite tomes, like Twilight or the Bible, etc., it's jam-packed with content. It is jam-packed. And it should be noted that we're about to read through the table of contents so that you know what's in here. But the entire book kind of follows the trajectory of our hyperbinge as we are descending into madness, the things that we're learning. So there is a personal element of this book that kind of allows Pace Case and I to work out our demons about how the pit has really affected us and how this entire endeavor has altered us as human beings. We start off introduction, like all great works. <laughs> yep, there's an introduction. And in that, we kind of talk about what led us down this path. Then our first chapter is called Fundamentals. That's where we're going to break down all the rules of the game as we see them. The things that we have kind of deciphered from watching so much of the show and put together how the game actually works, the mechanics of it. Because I feel like that's a hugely important part. If you don't understand like what the four audiences are, you won't really understand how this game works. That's just one small example. Chapter two, the preseason. In this chapter, we discuss everything that you need to do before your time in game, including how to curate your Instagram in the perfect way, including how to prepare yourself mentally, physically, and different things that you need to prepare before night one. And then chapter three is, of course, night one, surviving the slaughter. And we get into hardcore statistics about which limo exit is the best to do, if you should first respond, how best to do that, how to do steals, how many kisses should you have. Not only are we telling you what the best statistical outcomes are from these various strategies, we're giving you massive charts about who had the best night one of all time, about who had, in some cases, the worst night one of all time, <laughs> what some of the best limo exit types are in terms of where you're going to wind up later in the game, how do you get a crown, all that kind of stuff. Chapter four, regular season part one, house life. This is about everything that you're doing in the regular season, how you interact, especially with the second audience. What are different things that you can do to get screen time? <laughs> you know, Folder Man might have taken a page out of this chapter. And threw it in the trash because he clearly didn't fucking use anything we're saying in this book. <laughs> <laughs> chapter five is regular season part two group dates. In this one, we break down statistically literally every group date that has ever happened in the history of The Bachelor, what is statistically most likely, what types of group dates you're going to go on, and what strategies will best suit you depending on your archetype for those various group dates. Chapter six, regular season part three, one-on-one -on -one dates. We break down just the same way we did for group dates, all the different one-on-one -on -one dates, all of the most historically important one-on-one -on -one dates that we've ever seen, as well as what are the different types, what are the different strategies that can help you curate the best emotional arc for a one-on-one -on -one date? Then we get into chapter seven, playoffs round one. That's the hometowns. This is where we talk about what you need to be doing to get your family to either help you move on or help you get kicked off in this first preliminary round of the playoffs, if that's going to be your strategy. Because there are some very effective anti-hometown strategies that can land you with a ring or a, or a crown, sorry, not a ring, 
we also go into some of the greatest and worst hometowns of all time as well. And there's some very bad ones. Let me just say that. <laughs> Chapter eight is playoffs round two fantasy suites. Just like hometowns, you can arrange for your family to help you go one way or another, depending on your specific strategy. So can you do with your fantasy suite, whether you want to get eliminated that round or not. Different types of chemistry plays might be made. And then we go into chapter nine, the WTA, a.k.a. that women tell all. This is like an all-star game. This is in some cases players' last chances to make a bid for paradise and maybe even get invited to paradise in the women tell all live on television. But this extra little thing that gets inserted near the end of every season is a fascinating one last step back onto the field for all these players. And we go through statistically what you want to do to get the best hot seat, what you should do in a hot seat, how you can handle your conversation with The Bachelor if you get one of those, and everything that any player will need for the women's tell all. And by the way, all of these chapters, we also talk about the history of each one, all the important moments as that game element has developed. Chapter 10, we talk about the finale and after the final rose. How has that changed over time? What are the statistics around if you're the first limo out? Are you always going to be the person who's dumped? Almost always. I mean, it's like 99.99999%. Yes. <laughs> and then chapter 11 is the postseason. What do you do after you come out of the game to maximize your Instagram growth? And how do you set up joining a team? How do you set up using the friends that you made in the game to start collabing? And potentially, how do you start preparing for Paradise or maybe even a second run, a second tour as a player in a subsequent season? Chapter 12 is being complicit. This is a giant asterisk on our entire fandom of the show regarding how we feel about the show, how it has changed over history regarding misogyny, homophobia, ableism, racism, etc. Some some mainstays of our beloved game. And then we have some little goodies in the back of the book. Our first appendix is the history of our beloved game. We go through literally every season and give it a couple of paragraphs where we talk about what were the important things that happened in season one all the way through season 25. This is the history of the game, the evolution of it when Fimp Roses came in, Group Date Roses, who was the first Bachelor to have a two-hour episode, who was the first Bachelor to go to the mansion that we all now know and love, who was the first Bachelor to not shoot their season in Los Angeles. That's Charlie O'Connell, mm. of course, New York. And then we also have the lexicon, all the terminology that we have created in service of covering our beloved game. We use a lot of it in this book, like PTCs and Rose Quotients. All of that stuff is in the back of the book. There's probably 100 plus terms so that you have an easy reference guide alphabetically to figure out what any of the shit means that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, a high demand glossary. And then we've also created a score sheet, something that you can use to watch the game and mark off all these plays as they're happening, kind of like a baseball score sheet. And that is available in the back of this book as well. And we're going to be releasing that as a PDF that you'll be able to download at some point. But that's an overview of how to win The Bachelor. Those are all the things that are in it. It is the most comprehensive study of The Bachelor, I believe, that's ever been done, at least in terms of game mechanics, for sure. There's nothing out there like this. And we hope that you guys can all go pick up copies. Pre-order it now, if you would. We would appreciate that very much. And if you do pre-order it, you can go to howtowinthebachelor.com, enter yourself into a couple of contests we have there. 
There's some very insane prizes, which we talk about on the show every week. It's a fantastic item to give as a holiday gift as well. That is true. Holidays are coming up. The holidays are upon us. But thank you guys very much to everybody who's already pre-ordered it. And thank you to everybody who's about to. And now, Pace Case, let's begin this week in Bachelor Nation with something that we have been beginning this show with for the past months or so. This is where we're going to talk about the nature of the game itself. What is going on in our beloved game this week? What are the trends we're noticing? What are the things that are happening evolutionarily? This is Game Game of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. Today, we must discuss something that we've been noticing for a little while now. I don't know when I first started noticing this. You know when it was? When they started going to New York. When a bunch of players started migrating to New York and I was like, oh, there's like an LA versus New York thing happening now similar to mm-hmm. 90s hip-hop. And then people started going to Nashville. And then some went to Chicago. Now we got a San Diego team. And what we are talking about is exactly that. The rise of the team sport within our beloved game. We've got now, I would say, nine roughly geographic locations. We're talking about New York. We're talking about San Diego. We're talking about LA. We're talking about Chicago. Nashville, Denver, Canada, the source, Dallas, and Las Vegas. These nine locations are where the centers of power within our beloved game are essentially coalescing, and they are forming teams around all of the various players who live in these cities. All of these players are doing spawn con with one another, and obviously they travel as well. Some players from the New York team will go to LA, and you'll see them doing collabs with everybody from other teams. But their home base locations are what we perceive to be teams. And that is how we're going to start charting some of the stuff. So in this opening state of the game, we've listed these nine teams, and I'm sure that many of you are wondering, well, which team is in the lead? And Again, mm-hmm. this is this is very preliminary. I just want to throw this out here. We don't have all of the players for all of these teams. We just have the ones that we were able to verify, the ones that we kind of know off the top of our head. So we're going to go through for you right now who is in these teams, what their Instagram follower count is, and which team is on the top of that list. Here we go. Coming in at ninth place, which is last for our determined team so far, but technically first of all the rest of the cities that don't make this list with 1.86 million Instagram followers is the The Denver Denver High. High. This wonderful team in the ski country, outdoors country of Colorado is led by Ben Higgins at 1.2 million. We've got Blake Horstman, Baylock High at 607K, we got Tajwan Hawkins at 54.1K. And coming in at eighth place, the Windy City. We got the, the Chicago, Chicago Clout with 2.7 million total followers. That team is, of course, anchored by the greatest night one guy of all time, GSJ Grocery Store Joe. He's got 1.1 million followers. You got other big heavy hitters like Whitney Bischoff with 413K, Kenny Brash coming in with 299K to bolster up that team. And Andrew Spencer is there as well, 303,000 among some others like Anna Redmond, Chris Bukowski, Diggy Moreland, and Clay Harbor. 
coming in at number seven, we have the, the Las, Las Vegas, Vegas scene with 3.6 million Instagram followers. This is led by Paradise Powerhouses, Kayla Miller Keys at 1.4 million, and Dean Unglert, Deanie Babies at 1.3 million. We also have the Ferguson twins, Haley and Emily at 376 and 386K apiece. And the OnlyFans entrepreneur, <laughs> Mad Chad Johnson at 237K. And coming at sixth place in our team rankings is the, the North. North. That is the team name of Canada. They have 4 million total followers. They are anchored by a crown of your Jillian Harris, who has 1.3 million Instagram followers. And you got some other heavy, heavy hitters up in there. Of course, Blake Moynes, the most recent ring winner, and now no longer together with his crown. He's got 498,000 followers. You got Astrid Locke at 496. You even got Vanessa Grimaldi. She's a ring winner from all the way back in season 21. That is, of course, the GOAT, Nick Vial. She's got 729,000 followers. You also got Angela Amezqua in there. You got Kevin Went in there. And you got the face god herself, Mike Ken Adorn at 327,000 followers. Coming in at number five out of our teams with an approximate Instagram total of 5.1 million we have the, the San, San Diego, Diego crew. crew. Of course, this includes Hannah Godwin, Paradise Extraordinaire at 1.5 million. This includes former Crown Becca Kufrin at 1.3 million. We got heavy hitters. Of course, our latest Crown, Katie Thurston. She's at 995K now, just dropped under the million. And we got big body trash can Aaron Clancy. <laughs> We got Wolverine, Chase, and Nick. We got Hannah Godwin's <laughs> Dylan Barber. We got Boxman, James Bonsaw. We got Nice Guy, John Hersey, and the big body trash can himself, Thomas Jacobs, 218K. An impressive showing, but not quite as impressive as our number four team on the big team chart. We're talking, of course, about those Nashville sliders. Their total Instagram count is 5.5 million followers. We got people like Connor the Catman up in that mix. We got Kelsey Weir, the greatest hoojuer of all time, in that mix. We got White Lives Matter model Victoria Fuller. We got Victoria Paul. We got ex-ring winner Lauren Lane at 1.5 million. But of course, this team is anchored by the Lady Goat herself, Caitlin Bristol, with 1.9 million followers and her husband-to-be, Jason Tardy Tardic at 877,000 followers. Coming in at number three of all the teams, this is no surprise that this is up there with 6.44 million. We've got the source, Dallas, Texas. We have huge heavy hitters on this list. We have Madison Pruitt, 1.7 million. We got the golden boy himself, Sean Lowe, at 1.3 million. And his ring winner, 1.4 million, Catherine Lowe. We got Raven Gates at 1.1 million with her paramour, Adam Goschalk, at 229K. We also have Deandra Canoe, Ivan Hall, Alexis Waters, and Jesenia Cruz. Strong team. Love to see the source climbing that chart. I think the source is going to be here for a long, long time up in the, the top numbers of our teams coming in at second place. You've only got two choices here. 
Is it New York or is it LA? Who's going to take the top spot mm. and who's going to be number two? The number two team, which has, at least right now for us, the biggest roster, the most players, is the New York City Influence. They have a total of 13.4 million Instagram followers. And of course, you know, there are some gigantic names up in the Big Apple. You got Popeye Peter Weber at 1.6 million. You got Tasha Adams at 1.8 million. You got one of the 2 million club members, Tyler Cameron. He's scratching around the mean streets of New York City with 2.1 million. And the list goes on and on. You got Abigail Herringer, Ashley Spivey, the Cringe King, Bennett Jordan. You got Bree Springs. You got Chelsea Vaughn. You got the Moss Man himself, Dale Moss, Derek Peth, Dr. Joe Park, Dustin D-Man, 43 Kendrick. You got Grippo. <laughs> you got the new host of our beloved game, Jesse Palmer, is on this team. You got Kit Keenan. You got Matt James, a former crown. You got Marissa Gunn. You got Michael Garofala. You got Natasha Parker. She's one of the made players. You got Olivia Caridi. You got Piper James. You got Kirk Connell. You got Riley Christian. You got Serena Chu. You got Charlie Joy. You got Tammy K. Lai. You got all of these people, Whitney Bransway. And you got even Zach Clark is up there with Tasha Adams. So this is the biggest roster, as I said. Nonetheless, they only have 13.4 million collective Instagram followers, which lands them in second place as of right now, anyway, to the true champions of the team sport that we have put together here. Leading the pack. It's no surprise. This is a TV show. And where are TV shows mostly made? Hollywood, baby. Tinseltown coming in at number one with 15.3 million total Instagram followers. We got... The yeah, LA icons. I mean, we're led by the queen of Bachelor Nation Instagram, Hannah Brown at 2.5 million. We got Becca Tilly, 1.1. We got Becca Martinez of the Chatty Broads at 740K. Brian Abasolo, 351K. We got Cassie Randolph, 1.3 million. We got Danny Padilla. 111K. We got Demi Burnett, 1.2 million. We got The Sluices Loose, Hannah Ann Sluss, 1.2 million. We got Kendall Long, 623K. She'll never leave here. She'll never go to Chicago. <laughs> she says the clout can can suck it. Uh, we got Nick Vial at 1.1 million. Some people say he's the goat. Other people know better. We got Rachel Lindsay, our first Black Bachelorette, 932K. We got host of BIP, well, temporary host of BIP, bartender Wells Adams at 1.2 million. We got Deanna Stagg at 105K. We got Colton Underwood at 1.9K. Still got those numbers. We got Andy Dorfman at 1 million, maybe the originator of the 1 million club herself. We thought, you know, LA is the first team, you know, it's like, Early in Bachelor Nation, people moved to L.A., but it's still holding strong in these numbers. This is something that we are tracking closely. This The rise of these teams, which are basically groupings of people who will do social media together in one way or another. They're parasocial teams, really. And it's fascinating to us to see it happen like this. We think we're going to start to see more of them pop up and our list is going to become more honed week by week as we really start going through all the most important players where they live. Again, this yeah. is an, a, a very preliminary list. We have most of the big players on here, most of the big contemporary players, but we're certainly missing some and we're going to start doing our research so that we have this like fine, fine tune. Mm -hmm. But this is something that's happening now. When you come off the game as a player, you got to make the decision. Where the fuck am I going to move? 
And these teams are a part of that decision now, for sure. So we're going to be watching it closely. Only move to one of these places. Because otherwise, who are you going to collab with? No one. Uh, you could go to Arlington, Iowa. Be part of the Iowa, Iowa Corns with the only other player <laughs> that lives there, Chris Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria Fuller for a time. Yeah. But that is our state of the game. We got these teams popping up and you're going to be hearing us talk more and more about them. And I can't wait to see really how it builds out because ultimately, as we start talking about what you do after playing in the game, yes, you're still always going to be associated with Bachelor, but you're also now working in this broader world of influence generally. You are an influencer now if you're a successful player off the game. And so when you're talking about like the LA icons, for example, you know, it's mm-hmm. not just Hannah Brown that's on that. Kim Kardashian is also a team member of the LA Icons, if we're being mm-hmm. real about it. Kylie Jenner. If we're being real about it. Bachelor Clues, Pace Case, be real. Let's be real about it. We're not helping that much with the numbers, but we're trying. <laughs> that's right. And now in an effort to be real with something else, we are going to move on to that section of our show in which we discuss the gains of all of our favorite players and... This is the being real part about it. Unfortunately, the ratings of our beloved game. This is... This Week in Games. The ratings for the third week of Bachelorette Season 18 continue to slide into the nether realm. Tuesday's offering slipped about 6% in the demo from last week with a 0.67, and the total number of viewers fell another 5% to 2.73 million. And once again, our beloved game could not hold on to first place or even second place across the other networks Tuesday night. Game 6 of the World Series on Fox destroyed all other competition with a 2.7 in the demo and 11.7 million viewers total. Big sporting events are routinely the only things on network TV that can pull these kinds of numbers. So maybe that's not a fair comparison, but Michelle Young was also unable to beat FBI on CBS, which pulled in a 0.7 in the demo with 6.69 million viewers. This is the worst rated season of a main game in history, and we can only wonder if this trend will continue into January of next year with Clayton Eckert's season 26 of The Bachelor, or if a return to the mansion, international travel, and a square-jawed white football player will gain back enough of the fourth audience to put our beloved game back on top. FBI. At least it's not La Brea. I mean, I think those are roughly similar. It's like when you're just getting beat by... (laughs) Our show is just called FBI. What? I mean, I get it. People like their procedural crime shows and all this shit, but Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Now let's move on to the top five gains chart for the players of Bachelorette Season 18 since October 28th, 2021, our last week's Twibbon. The gold medal in gains, once again, goes to nothing but Nate, the sales executive from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Nate Olukoya. He gained 12.1K Instagram followers this week, bringing him to 52.2K total. Welcome to the 50K Club, Nate, for his 40RR investigation of Jamie's relationship to the fourth audience, his face play, and de-escalation during the Lil Willie pizzapreneur rivalry, his runaway isolation tactics, his cocktail party first responder, and his terminance. I think he's going to be at the top of this list for the duration of this season. Yes. The silver medal in gains goes to newcomer, a traveling nurse recruiter from Portland, Oregon, Brandon Jones. He gained... 4,120 followers this week, bringing him to 8,015 total for his audience participation play with Michelle on the public performance group date, his loaded LL3, his bullying PTC, and that GDR. That's two GDRs in a row for Mr. Jones. 
the bronze medal in gains goes to the real estate developer from Minneapolis, Joe Coleman. He gained 4.1K followers this week, bringing him to 17.8K total for his chemistry play, his love level one extraction, and his first flower. And fourth place goes to the sales representative from Rancho Cucamanga, California, and Granny Smith Stan, Rodney Matthews. He gained 3,046 followers this week, bringing him to 5,077 followers total for his perfectly played one-on-one date, his food play, his forced public nudity play, his PTC, his loaded LL2, and getting that one-on-one rose. And fifth place in gains goes to medical sales rep from Columbia, Missouri, teacher stick enthusiast, and our next crown, Clayton Eckerd. He gained 2.4K this week, bringing him to 36.3K total for his mild interrogation of the Pizzapreneur's property damage play and for finally revealing to us his signature kiss lead-in move, the Clayton Rotation. Will he spin our lead again? Will he rotate all players on his season? Time will tell. (laughs) Rotation. You like that? I loved it. (laughs) Michelle Young has gained... 13,000 Instagram followers this week, bringing her to 579,000 total. She's gained 1.7 thousand on Twitter and she has 17.5 thousand total there. Is Michelle Young going to hit a million? We ask this every week. I can't see it during the season. What would have to happen after the season for it to occur? It's hard to see it after. Yeah, that's. What, I'm like, it doesn't usually <laughs> doesn't usually go up. Although person hit it after. Yeah, she hit it a, a little bit after. Grocery store Joe also packed on an extra hundred thousand followers after the show ended. He's at one point one million right now. He is breaking records left and right. It's unbelievable. Now for the top five total Instagram followers charts as of today, November fourth, twenty twenty one. Number one, nothing but Nate Olukoya maintains a lead at 52.2K. And our next crown, the Midwestern spinner Clayton Eckerd has 36.3 thousand in second place. The alleged intimidator of Jamie Scar, Joel Coleman, has jumped up to third place at 17.8K. The bleached flipper and group date rose recipient Martin Gelbspan is at fourth place with 16,000 followers. Rounding out the top five is colorful narrator slash pizzapreneur rival Will Urena at 12.8K. And that rounds out all the gains for this week, all the TV ratings. Now we're going to move on to that portion of our program in which Pace Case and I discuss all of the most juicy tids of the Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. 
OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to Gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Game of Roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they are both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Week. This is... Bachelor Nation News. Our first item of Bachelor Nation News isn't even about The Bachelor at all. Twist. It's about another reality dating competition. 
Joe Millionaire. Fox's answer to The Bachelor premiered back in 2003 and followed 20 women competing in a Bachelor-style game of dating by attrition as they fought for the affection of 28-year-old Evan Marriott. The show slash producers lied to the players, telling them Marriott was an heir to a $50 million fortune when in reality, he was a working-class construction worker. The season one finale drew in over 40 million viewers and became the most watched entertainment show of the 2003 season and Fox's most watched entertainment show in the history of the network at that time. It even beat The Bachelor in ratings that year as our beloved game aired season three starring Andrew Firestone, the heir to the Firestone family fortune, who was billed as the real millionaire in opposition to Fox's Joe Millionaire. Now that the history lesson is out of the way, the news surrounding Joe Millionaire is that it's back. Fox has ordered a new season of the show, this time with a little twist. The 20 players are going to be dating two men simultaneously, one who is a real millionaire and one who is not. But they won't know which is which. Not that it matters, because obviously after the show airs, they'll both likely have over a million Instagram followers, so they will both be millionaires anyway. So while the premise is flawed from the beginning, it is going to be interesting to see what happens as Joe Millionaire is going to be going head-to-head against Bachelor season 26 next January. I don't know what's going to happen here. I think Joe Millionaire might crush The Bachelor. I can see that happening. Definitely. I mean, we need a more compelling story from Clayton. I've been surprised by the the edit that he's getting, but... I don't think we're going to get it. Now, I, I remember with Joe Millionaire, they did do a season two of it, which did not work at all. The ratings were terrible, and that was it. That was the end of Joe Millionaire. They're bringing it mm. back with this weird twist, and you know it really calls into question the idea of the fourth audience and kayfabe. Do we believe the lie? Because we know as soon as this goes on TV and we all start following them, like we just said in this... They're both going to have a million Instagram followers and they're both going to be millionaires. So whatever the guy is coming into the show who is not the millionaire, when he leaves the show, he will be an influencer and a millionaire. So I don't even know if the premise works, but I also don't know if that will matter in terms of tuning in. And I don't think most people think about it in those terms. Right. And at least while we're watching the game, the players in this instance will know that like one of them is and one of them isn't. And the guys will just lie about it. So that'll be interesting to watch Mm -hmm. potentially how players navigate that kind of strange twist on The Bachelor. But I'm excited for this. I think it could be very interesting. I mean, I'm watching every reality dating show that's out there. So I guess you could call that excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Add that to the plate. (laughs) You're already doing screams from the pit. (laughs) We know that Clayton Eckerd will be The Bachelor for season 26. And we know that 2022 will have back-to-back bachelors, just as 2021 had back-to-back bachelorettes. And now we might know, or at least have a hint about, who that second bachelor of 2022 might be. A blind item from the popular gossip account Dumois leaked this week, which read, My friend works in the casting department for the Bachelor franchise. A well-known Bachelorette contestant who is currently going through a breakup is now in talks of becoming the next Bachelor in 2022. If this is true, it very likely means that Blake Moynes is currently in talks to take the crown of season 27 of The Bachelor. And if that is true, then Bachelor Clues will have once again proven to have almost supernatural powers of <laughs> prognostication. Why is that, Clues? 
I made the prediction that Moins <laughs> would be crowned Bachelor way back before Claire and Tasha's season 16 of Bachelorette aired, using only his Instagram to make this judgment. We wish Moines luck in this endeavor if it comes to fruition. And I'm looking very forward to my next supernatural level prediction. But come on now. You got to give me some fucking props. If this goes down. I do give you props. This will be my greatest prediction ever. I think even better than Matt James being the first Black Bachelor by just looking at yeah. the Instagram. Because that there were, there were other things in that one contextually. That was like, he's friends with Tyler Cameron. He's friends with Hannah Brown. He's like... All that shit. No, this one is wilder. Dale Moss, I think, was a strong prediction. This is a this is a wilder, longer road that he had to go down. But I tell you, I saw that crown gleam in this man's eyeball when I looked at his Instagram. <laughs> and now it may be coming true. You see crown twinkles. That's incredible. I do. Your superpower. Speaking of my superpower crown twinkles, our third item of Bachelor Nation news this week involves Matt James, the season 25 lead took to Instagram to announce his next project, a book called First Impressions, Off-Screen Conversations with a Bachelor on Race, Family, and Forgiveness. This literary endeavor was done with the help of author Cole Brown, who most notably wrote Gray Boy, Finding Blackness in a White World. The business of book writing by ex-leads and players of our beloved game is constantly growing. We've seen Colton Underwood hit the New York Times bestseller list. Madison Pruitt's new book hit number one in the Christian personal growth category on Amazon. Popeye has a children's book out currently. And heavy hitter Rachel Lindsay's book comes out next January at the same time as the most important book in Bachelor history, How to Win the Bachelor. (laughs) We don't know how much of James' book will be about the game and how much will be about his life experiences outside of it. But we wish Matt James success in his literary endeavor and we welcome him to the author club. Welcome from one author to another. Hello, fellow author. Speaking of endeavors outside the game, Hannah Godwin is in the news this week for the launch of her brand new photo and video editing app called SETI. She put together an event at Gracias Madre in Los Angeles, and she wasn't alone. The season 23 runner-up conscripted the awesome parasocial power of Hannah Brown, Rachel Lindsay, Demi Burnett, Heather Martin, Christina Shulman, and of course, her fiancé Dylan Barber. The app's Instagram account currently has 38.4k followers, and the app itself is available on iPhone, where it has a 4.8 rating with 1.3k total ratings. If Clues had an iPhone, he would 100% download and use this app. He is constantly giving the advice to any future players that they should look at Hannah G's Instagram because she has the influencer aesthetic mastered. If her app helps users capture that aesthetic, it could be a very valuable tool in the effort to get in the game. I thought this was brilliant that she did this. She really does have one of the best Instagram accounts of any player we've ever seen in terms of her ability to capture that proper aesthetic that is... I mean, she's already been in the game, obviously, but it's like, look at her fucking Instagram. That is exactly what you want yours to look like if you're trying to get into the game. That's what you want a producer to look at and be like, oh, they'd be perfect on our show. I don't know what her app does. I can't download it. I got a fucking Android, but I'm curious if other people have used it, what they think. And also, have other players done apps? I know some people have talked about fitness ones, I think. I can't remember who those people are. Mm. But I just, I love seeing players branching out into other areas. We see the traditional ones. Mm -hmm. You have a podcast, you're doing SpawnCon, you're doing a book. Apps, though, are like, not every player has an app. And this, I thought, was interesting. And the fact that she was able to get these massive fucking names to come out and support her at her launch of the app was, it was just amazing. 
Amazingly done. Yeah, she tapped into the LA icons. She did. She got a bunch of the LA icons to come out. And of course, she was there with Dylan Barber from the San Diego crew. But I just love to see when Hannah G or a player who's kind of maybe fallen off our radar, we don't talk about them that much, even though she was an insanely good player when she pops up with something like this. And it just reminds you like, oh, yeah, she's fucking amazing. Lori Kay is good at her job. Yeah. I'm assuming she's Lori Kay. I believe she is, too. But... That rounds out all the tids for this week. That's the news. Now we're going to move on to that portion of our show where we discuss all the plays that our players are making off the field when they're using those telephones, when they're using those apps, when they're making that parasocial content that makes us feel like we're their friends, even though they don't know who any of us are. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. This was a very strong week for our parasocial players. Katie Thurston talked straight to the camera about her recent breakup with the boner smith from the north, Blake Moines, and her life in general for six minutes on an Instagram video. The caption reads, just venting. And this video has 723 thousand views and 2.1k comments. Anna Redman entered the parasocial arena this week by taking a shot at fellow Sander and professional big body trash can rival Aaron Clancy on the TikTok app. Redman posted herself drinking a drink with the Chiron might dress up as him for Halloween so he'll want me which cuts to a mirror selfie image of Clancy. Her caption reads sorry at Aaron Clancy I had to hashtag Bachelor Nation. The video has 493.9 thousand views and 34.5K likes. Kelly Flanagan posted two Instagram stories, Clusian style, in which she filmed the Top Gun group date on Michelle's season in awe as she says they did the exact same thing on Popeye's season. We've also since learned they did the exact same thing on Australian Bachelorette literally this week. So the Top Gun pilot date, it seems to be a global marketing campaign through all Bachelor franchise shows. (laughs) They fly those tots around the world. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Raven Gates took a page out of Ashley Iaconetti's book and made a TikTok where her unborn child was talking to her this week. Casey Woods posted the entire poem he wrote for Michelle Young on the public performance group date with the caption, there's so much you don't get to see. This for slide main Instagram grid post has 716 likes. Chris G posted his own full spoken word poem video to his Instagram. It has 1,387 views. Brandon Jones posted a four slide Instagram post of his screen time this week with the caption, ladies and gentlemen, because of this incredible queen and the strong connection we have created, I'm honored to officially announce that I have become the first ever bachelorette contestant to receive two back-to-back group date roses Rose emoji, rose emoji, hashtag we making history at Bachelorette ABC at Bachelor Nation. We have yet to do our Bachelorette hyper binge, so we do not know if this is true yet. We do know that Nikki Farrell did this on Juan Pablo Galvez's Bachelor season. I'm very curious where he's getting this information. Did the producers tell him? Mm-hmm. Did a fan tell him? How does he know this? I don't know. But I am curious, too, if it's true or not. Nonetheless, even if it's not, yeah, great post. He is pretending like it's true and he's getting the benefit from it. And while all these plays were fantastic, of course, there can only be one winner. This week, the Parasocial Play of the Week goes to Jamie 
Scar. Mm, controversial. That's right. The most recent villain who just got walked out by Michelle Young for his red flags, he posted on his Instagram stories some examples of the threatening messages he has received from the fourth audience. Trigger warning to skip five minutes or so ahead because there is discussion of suicide here. The message said, if I was your mom, I would kill myself too. You probably made her die. You are the reason your mom killed herself. Scar posted, I don't know what to say. TV entertainment turned to this and a contract that prohibits me from challenging the storyline. Free shots for everyone. How low can you go? This is a courageous play for many reasons. Obviously, this is a horrible personal attack that is being fired against him from the fourth audience, at least one or two members of it. But he's also saying in this that the show handcuffs you when you come off of it, that you cannot tell anyone the real truth about how you were edited, how you were portrayed in the show, and that these attitudes people have that allow them or even in some ways spur them to send messages like this, it is a direct result of the edit you get in the show. The show is presenting you as a villain, as whatever. And yes, maybe Jamie said some shitty things and he tried to lie and all this kind of stuff. Does he deserve to get messages like this? Because of it, he is a character in a television show. That character may be based on him and things he's done. That is not him. No one on reality television is actually who they are in real life. You are seeing a small glimpse of them that is highly manipulated into whatever identity the producers want. Mm, I'm going to go with my girl, Natasha Parker, on this one. Reality TV is real. Oh, sorry. I forgot. Yes. No, I mean, this is horrifying to see and it's just like it's just a like a fucked up Lucian protocol version at this point of like this is what you're signing up for if you go on the show you have a 1 in 30 chance well not even 1 in 30 more players than this get death threats I'm pretty sure there's multiple players get death threats every season now and it's just like a guarantee it's horrifying to watch and like especially these players who have gone through insane traumas. I'm sure this is like triggering for them. Of course. And it is unfortunately a part of the game. Like, you know, it seems cold to say, well, you know what you signed up for, but that is what the game is now. Not only do you have to have really in order to progress through the game, you have to kind of have a PTC. And very usually the more traumatic, the further you make it. And that is a part of it. And so then if the fourth audience can use that, to send you messages like this, like that's, it is unfortunately just a part of it. But I love seeing plays like this made by Jamie, where mm-hmm. he at the very least is saying, hey, the shit you're seeing on that show isn't actually me, but I've signed this contract, which a lot, it forces me to not speak about it. Yeah. So I have to just take this fucking abuse. It's an implied challenge to the storyline in itself. Absolutely. But also this line he says in the end, free shots for everyone. How low can you go? The free shots for everyone part of it is like, what does the show do in service of helping someone like Jamie? We know we've heard from player after player on different podcasts that if you get a bad edit, the producers will sometimes call you and be like, tonight's going to be rough. Sorry. I don't know if he got that call. 
And I don't know how much of what happened in the show is true. When we did our recap, I know at the very least, there was a giant section of audio from Jamie that was played off face. It was all Frankenbitten, specifically to make him sound as bad as possible. So he very definitely didn't say a lot of the stuff, at least in the first half of the show that they presented him as saying. And it just, this is the part of the game that I know if you're in the pit, you understand this. You understand that this guy is not as bad as they made him out to be. But that other contingent of people who watch the show, the fourth audience who's not in the pit, I think many of them don't get it. They think that this is all 100% real. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it's like our listeners, but if anybody in the pit is sending any type of negative messages to anyone that they don't know online, please stop doing that for what it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) For what it's worth. But that was our parasocial play of the game. Thank you to Jamie Scar for enduring what he endured and continues to endure and for, you know, having the courage to at least put this little thing in there that's like, the show won't let me defend myself. That's a fucking important thing to put out online, especially when you're going through something like this. And now moving on to a little bit lighter fare in the parasocial world, we're going to talk about some of those parasocial creatures. We had some uh, good creatures this week. Noah Herb <laughs> and Abigail created an Instagram account for their stuffed bumblebee that they share who they named Buzz. Thought this was a very creative way to enter the parasocial creature game. Yes, it is a low uh, low investment into a creature. I'm very curious what Buzz's numbers will be. <laughs> Katie Thurston piled around with a piglet named Issa. Very cute. But we must crown one winner. And this week, the winner of the Parasocial Creature of the Week is Percy the dog. That's right. This is Nate's dog. And Nate posted a pic of Percy post-bath time wearing his lion bath towel draped over himself like a costume. Percy is giving us a beautiful parasocial gaze, which is accentuated by Nate's caption. Ha 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 ha. Percy absolutely rocks his lion bath towel. This post has 5,000 likes, 79 comments. This hound is beautiful beyond compare. Congrats to Percy, our parasocial creature of the week. Percy does rock. And I'm very happy we're able to give Percy this award after we um, we messed up and didn't give him Creature of the Week one episode. Well, now he's got a parasocial creature, just as good. Yeah. But that rounds out all of our parasocial play for the week. Now we're going to get into that portion of our program in which Pace Case and I accept the fact that this game has taken a hold on our lives, for better or for worse. It has changed us fundamentally as human beings. We will never be the same again, for better or worse. We still don't know. But this is the portion of the show where we indulge it fully and we examine our strange relationship with this game. This is... Screams from the Pit! My scream this week has to do with our new merch. Mm. We have our final merch design. It's been designed by the great at Ella Tolkien, who did our original 4TRR t-shirts We are putting together the pieces now to put it out to the pit. Not quite ready yet, but in this piece of merch, there exists an artistic representation of me, (laughs) Pace Case. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the first time that I am going to be on an article of clothing, and it is because of The Bachelor 
Bachelor has completely consumed my life, and all I get is this not lousy article of clothing. So how does this make you feel that you are immortalized in a beautiful design and it's going to be worn on t-shirts? I feel strange. Mm -hmm. Like it's amazing. The design is amazing. It's very exciting. Clues is also on this design. Spoiler. Mm -hmm. But I feel weird about it. And I will definitely feel weird when I see strangers wearing my face. On their bodies. Have you seen anyone yet wearing any of our merch in, in the wild? No. Neither have I. Not that I go in the wild much, but... Yeah, are you, are you in the wild? <laughs> yeah, constantly. I'm out there scouring the streets to see if I can find somebody wearing our 4TR shirt. I do it every day for six hours. No, I never go in the wild. I am here in this chair making this show and uh-huh. writing our book and doing all that stuff. That's basically all I'm doing. But an interesting scream. I think you're going to be okay with it. I think you'll enjoy it. Not that I've had this experience either and I have, you know, no fucking real advice to give. Yeah, how do you feel about it? Uh, I love the design. I think it is fantastic. I cannot wait to see it on shirts and mugs and whatever else we're going to do with it. Yeah. I I like it. It doesn't affect me in any way. I'm like, fuck it. This is cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think people are going to love it. I do too. My scream this week is a little different. Usually when I go out to a party or I meet new people or whatever the case may be, since this Bachelor fandom has taken hold of my life, usually I try to tell myself, I'm going to hold back. I'm not going to unleash full pit on anyone tonight. I'll even maybe engage in a a casual conversation uh, about The Bachelor and, and leave it at that if I can. But I had an experience recently where I met someone in a work scenario. And we were just kind of talking about casually, oh, what do you do when you're not working on this thing that we were working on? And I was like, I do this Bachelor thing. And I started talking about how we do it. We talk about it as the sport that it is. And here's some of the metrics that we use and all this. And this person knew what The Bachelor was, had seen some seasons, but like was not a hardcore fan, hasn't seen it in many years. And the person started in a very good-natured way, just submitting these suggestions. Oh, you know what you should do? You know that thing where they like run up to somebody and they like jump on them and hug them, you should like <laughs> compare those against each other. That would be hilarious. And I was just like, Oh my God. Yeah, that's a good idea. Or you know what you should <gasps> do? Like when they come out of the limo and some of them have like crazy stuff, you should talk about how like there's like these ones are dressed up and like which ones are the best ones. And I was like, Oh yeah, that, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll do that. There was something in my mind that was like, this is a different type of person that I had not yet ever encountered. Somebody who knows enough about the game to understand like conceptually that it is a sport and that these different things can be compared. But somebody who, as most people would do, like we're, we're the only people kind of out of this category, hasn't given any real thought about any of this until that moment. Yeah. And so they're just kind of coming up off the top of their head with like ideas that they think are helpful or whatever. And I just am like, you don't know who you're talking to. It's like with a football analogy, it would be like somebody telling Bill Belichick, like, oh, you know what you should do? Maybe think about some more passes during the football game. Maybe have your team do that, you know? And it's like, yeah. I would pay to see your face as someone explains a hoodoo to you. It was fucking insane. And then I felt crazy because I felt that shit creeping up in my head that was like, oh, this person doesn't understand. And then I had to just swallow that down. And I was like, there was a line drawn in my head that was like, this isn't a casual viewer or even somebody who views like 
actively but doesn't understand the pit yet. Those type of people, Mm -hmm. I feel very strongly like I'm pulling you into the pit, period. You got no choice. This was something different. This was like, this isn't a person who even watches the show anymore. I have to just leave that alone. So I'm just going to pretend to be like, oh yeah, that'd be a great idea. Thanks. And I'm going to leave it at that. I shut the fucking conversation down, even though they were still talking about it. Because I was like, there's no way... I can get them to this level without a massive amount of effort and I'm just not willing to put it in and I'm going to leave them alone. I'm going to let them live their life and think that they're helping me in this conversation. I'm proud of you. (laughs) But it made me feel bad as well because I also felt like after it, I was like, I've let this person wander back into the world without the full knowledge that they could have. I have done a bad (laughs) job as a teacher is what I felt like. I mean, maybe you'll see them again. Yeah, I probably certainly will. You should at least tell them to listen to the podcast. You know, give us a plug, Clues. God, not in the wild that often. Yeah, I didn't do that. Sorry. I'll do it next time. Be like, ah, I think you might really like our podcast. We uh, we actually talk about some of these things. Yeah, do you listen to podcasts? No, I didn't do that. Again, I opted to let this person live their life in harmony without the dark energies of the pit swirling through their brain 24-7. You know, I feel like it's like you encountered a child that is talking to you about Santa and you're like, yep, Santa's great. Pretty much, even though I know I am Santa and Santa is not real. Those are our screams for this week. (laughs) And now we're going to play you a scream from the Patreon pit. If you go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses and you sign up, you join us in the bottom of the pit, you get access to our Discord. And through that Discord, you can submit your own one-minute-long or shorter screams, and we play the best ones here and analyze them. So here today, we have a scream from a person called Cass Christopher. We're going to play it for you now, and then we're going to talk about it. So my friends and I went to an adult prom last night, which was basically a bar that had an adult prom party. Um, My friend and I, who dragged me into the pit a year ago... uh, we were each other's dates, and last night she picked me up to go to said prom, and I decided it would be a good idea, you know, it would be cute since we were each other's dates to buy her a rose. And so I presented her with a rose and said, will you accept this rose when she picked me up? And what did she have with her? She also got me a fucking rose. We got each other roses to go to this prom together. Because why wouldn't we give each other roses instead of a corsage or something else that's more prom relevant? Anyway, we both got each other fucking roses. That's my scream. Goodbye. Beautiful scream, Kaz. I love this. You inadvertently both got each other friendship roses. You basically just did a round of Voucher in Paradise in which you were doing very good play. Survive another week. This is fantastic. And it made me start thinking of an experimental strategy. If you're a player, you bring a rose of your own or you find them. There are roses everywhere on the set. I'm sure you can get one. And when you are given the rose at a rose ceremony, you offer one back in return. Oh, I thought you meant like it was your Kringle limo exit. No, you save it for the rose ceremony. So when the bachelor's like, Lizzie, will you accept this rose? You go, only if you accept this rose. And you give them a rose back. Gorgeous. It's beautiful. Thank you for that scream, Cass Christopher. Again, 
If you want to submit your screams, just go to patreon.com slash Rose. Join us in the bottom of the pit. Get in that Discord. Scream away, and we'll be reviewing them here from time to time. God, I love this one. I also love that it was an adult prom, which is paradise all over again, obviously. Yes. Was it 80s theme, I wonder? Yeah, it's also like a gift of the Magi a little bit. That mm. story. Yeah, I thought maybe we were going to hear that there was going to be a Huju as they picked each other up to the prom. This is a high-level scream. Congratulations. But thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. That rounds out this week in Bachelor Nation. We will be back next Wednesday with our coverage of next week's big game. And we hope everybody has a great weekend. Before we go, as always, what is that Dwabat? It has been 7,165 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now. Head to toe, dressed in quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever. Unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses we're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer it's a great time of year it's a time for renewal for me that means reconnecting with friends and family i haven't seen for a while and when i do i want to make sure i have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with that's why first leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me 
who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 